Hello and welcome to season three of For the Love of Duluth. My name is Tom Jamison. I'm a former lawyer who moved to Duluth about seven years ago. I moved to Duluth after I bought a business called Lake Superior Medical Equipment, hanging up my lawyer hat after 25 years. Joining me is my co-host, Yvonne Myers, a registered nurse and lifelong Duluthian, and of course, the marketing director for Lake Superior Medical Equipment. So why did we start a podcast called For the Love of Duluth? Because we love our town and the people and places that inhabit it. If you already live in Duluth, we hope this podcast will teach you things you never knew before about the place we call home. If you are planning to visit Duluth, we hope this podcast can act as a tour guide of sorts, giving you an inside look at the best people, places, and things that make up our unique city. Duluth is a star of the show here, and our guests help it shine even brighter. We hope you love this podcast as much as we love the city it is named after. This is season three of For the Love of Duluth. Are you in need of a little inspiration? It's pretty easy to find in Duluth. All you have to do is take a little walk along the lake walk in Canal Park or breathe in some Lake Superior air. Thankfully, as Duluthians, we never have to look far if we need a little burst of creativity. Another way to get some Northland inspiration is to do a little shopping. Duluth is home to so many different shops, ones that are as unique and special as Duluth itself. Whether you are looking for something authentically Duluth to take back home with you from your visit or a gift for someone dear in your life. You don't have to go far to find something special. This can in part be attributed to the many special artists, crafters, and creators who call Duluth home. The talent of the city we love is never more obvious than when walking through the doors of one local shop, the Duluth Studio Market. This shop is as Duluth as it gets hence the name, and filled with items that represent Duluth in the best way. Local, purposeful, authentic, and one of a kind. Located in the Lakeside neighborhood, your average, ordinary shopping destination, this is not. The store features the best of the best from local artisans, meant to showcase the work of crafters, painters, builders, and the like, from right here in the Zenith City. It's also filled with products of the highest quality, fair trade goods, and authentic art you can only find through the doors at 512 North 45th Avenue East. The mission of the store is as unique as the items it is filled with. That mission? To provide a creative shopping experience and help inspire a curated and authentic lifestyle you truly love, all while shopping local, fair trade, and charitable artisans from around the world. A mission as distinctive as Duluth itself. It is all the brainchild of Stacy La Courciere. Did I say that right, Stacy? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> she is the owner and founder of Duluth. Duluth Studio Market, a Nevada native who moved to Duluth with her husband in 2003. She had a dream of creating something beautiful while inspiring others and thus, in 2020, the unrepeatable shop was born. Artists and entrepreneurs and Duluthians have been thriving ever since. Here to talk about Duluth Studio Market is the owner and founder, Stacy. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I knew 
I was going to mess up your name. How you do you say really it with good. that little French accent? If we wanted to be French faux pas, we would say le coustier. But, nice. you know, we're, Beautiful. we're French Canadian. Well, my husband was. I married into it. So le coursier nice. is just fine. Nice. Great. So you grew up in Nevada. Yeah. And then, yeah, for the most part. Okay. And then you graduated from high school in Aurora, Oregon. Yes. Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah. My dad was in the Air Force, active duty. So I was born in Illinois and he joined and then we were at uh, Luke Air Force Base in Arizona for a couple of years and then we landed up in Nevada. So um, when he got out of the Air Force, we stayed there. I lived there for the longest period of time in my upbringing, um, a little town called Overton right by Lake Mead there. So I had the lake life and the desert life. One of my biggest memories is just riding around the desert on my dirt bike by myself. I mean, who does that? You know, that's not something you do out here in Minnesota, but there's so much vast land out there. That was what I did. Bye, Mom. I'm going for a ride. (laughs) So it was way, of course, very different when we moved up to Oregon. Um, That was my sophomore year of high school. My parents wanted more opportunities for us out out of the small town, you know, south of Las Vegas. So we were near Portland, Oregon, and green, lush, rain all the time, just completely opposite, and I absolutely loved it there. You moved to Aurora, Oregon. Where's Aurora? It's uh, south of Portland, so about 45 minutes south. And that was when you were, did you start your sophomore year in high school there? I did. Okay. Yeah, that was a rough one. That's kind of a key time to have all your high school friends, and yeah. and you don't have them. Yeah. Now, yeah. you were a little more used to moving around than a lot of kids, though, because you were kind of an Air Force brat, right? And so you were, you'd lived uh, for a lot of, a lot of different places for relatively short periods of time. Uh, So now you're in Aurora, you don't know anyone, you're brand new and you're a sophomore in high school. So you said that was rough. Did it get, did it get easier? It's, you know, I adapted pretty easily, I think. Um, I did decide to graduate high school a year early and just move on to college. Um, It was a small town again, some in some ways so but yeah I adapted pretty easily got on the soccer team did all the same things um, did a lot of hiking explored the Portland area went to the coast a lot which was just two hours away so that was just my love is going over to the ocean side and right. exploring that area so but you graduated a year see I wanted to graduate high school a year early <laughs> and they said what are you kidding me you know you're gonna be lucky if you ever get out of here because, so you know what, what do you think one credit a, a year so they you know so anyway but but I love the idea that it was possible to do that you know and yeah. and uh, I I heard of people who did that but they were never gonna let me get away with that so <laughs> uh, congratulations for doing it so you are graduating high school a year early so essentially after your junior year which makes you pretty young for college so what did you what did you do well I uh, you know I switched my career ambitions a whole bunch I, I can tell you that I started <laughs> out my mom wanted me to be a nurse which you know I had that caretaking personality so I completely get that I started out doing that and I took that first um, biology class and I was like oh no nope 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 so I was out of there switched to graphic design uh absolutely wow, love that, that. Is a, that is a switch yeah yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. it's okay. uh I'm, I'm all over the place but um I like to use both sides of my brain and um maybe that's kind of where that entrepreneurial spirit came from a little bit I got that creative side but I also so like numbers and I like thinking and problem solving. And at this point you decide you want to go into graphic artistry. Are you still in Oregon now? You've graduated? Are you still in Oregon? You know, Tom, I never graduated with graphic
graphic design. I uh, started out doing a few classes. Oh, yeah, and... no, no, I meant, but you graduate high school. Yeah, And yeah. You, you decide to go into graphic design, right? <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah, and so what I was wondering is after, well, why don't you just tell me, what did you do after yeah. high school? I met my husband. <laughs> okay, well, congratulations. And that's that's where everything got yeah, sidetracked. Yeah. Okay, so. They, they sure did. <laughs> all right, so you met your husband in Oregon? No, that's, that's a whole nother long story. How do I sum this up? as shortly as possible. That's the beauty of a podcast, yeah. right? It doesn't have to yeah. be 30-second answers, right? <laughs> well, my husband is a Duluth native. He oh, He grew is. up in um, the far west side of Duluth, Fond du Lac. Oh, sure. A little suburb by Chambers sure. Grove. Oh, yeah, St. beautiful Louis River area. there. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, in that same city, my uncle was a pastor of a church. Ah. And so one summer, my parents said, you know, go spend some time with your uncle and aunt. You know, this will be good for you. I think, um, I don't remember how old I was at the time, maybe 15 or so. So I became friends, uh, best friends with my husband's sister. And uh, yeah, and the rest is history. Okay, so yeah. you were, all right. So th- and so now <laughs> we sort of know how you wound up. That's right. In Duluth. Yeah. Okay, so you met your husband and that was it. No more Oregon. Now you're uh, you're moving to Duluth. And uh, this is uh, like, what years are we talking about? 2003, 2004. Uh, we got married pretty young and he decided to join the Air National Guard at the time. So he was off to basic training. I spent some time in Wisconsin while he was gone. Uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, living with the same aunt and uncle. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah. they, so they had moved? They had moved, oh, okay. yeah. All right. Those pastors, they, they right. sometimes move a lot. Yes, they do. It's kind of like <laughs> kind of like being an Air Force brat, I guess. Exactly. A, a yeah, brat. I was destined for it. Right, right. Okay, so now you're in Chippewa Falls. Your, your husband's in training but at some point here in our notes it says you you got your bs in in business from saint mary's university i assume that kind of happened later yeah so i got really lucky i followed my husband's suit and decided to join the air national guard as well i was still trying to finish up my college degree the bills were mounting up um college loan debt oh yeah all of that and at the time uh the air national guard was offering full student loan payback bonus sign-on so I joined the 148th Fighter Wing, uh, 2007, eight around there, and became what they call an egress technician. So I was working on the F-16s, wow. mechanic, um, the now, egress. Seats. I was going to say, is that an egress technician? You're because those are fast egresses that they need to do, right? <laughs> That's those, right. So yep. you are, and you, they need to push that button, yep. and everything's got to work right, right? I mean, the cockpit's got to. You open really up, want to? Everything. That pilot is really depending on you. Right. That's for Sure. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so that was your handiwork then, making sure those ejection seats worked. Yeah, yeah, that was part of my career. Um, Part time, just one week in a month, two weeks a year, plus training at the time. But that's what I did um, for five or so years, and then I got the opportunity to commission, uh, became an officer, and uh, what they call a public affairs officer. So mostly media operations, photography, videography, into that career. Field. Ah, so, okay. So yeah. now. Now we're starting to see yes. now the plot thickens <laughs> the plot thickens okay but i've got some kind of geekish questions about your your work on ejection seats only because oh boy they've all, they've all, the brain. whole idea has always fascinated me right it's amazing so and i i've i've had the i've never flown in uh an f-16 or any kind of fighter jet but i've been in them i've sat in the cockpits and i'm you just realize you know there are these kind of rockets that are attached to these seats that right like how high does that ejection seat 
get shot up in the air. It's got to get high enough so the parachute will deploy, right? That's right. So. And I don't even want to throw any facts out there because it's been so long, Tom. But because I know you're going to get I some. I thought you were going to say because it's some top ejection secret, seat then I'd nerds. have to kill you. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something um, within 0.07 seconds, 52 explosives. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to throw these facts out here. You're just Did you ever get test hammered. one out? Did oh, no. you ever test oh, one no, out? Oh, no, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely the most exhilarating thing, um, especially if there's something wrong with it and you have to fix something and they're about to take off and you're sitting there on the flight line right. tying up the last cords of the parachute and things like that. And wow. the pilot's just sitting there twiddling their thumbs like, come on now, we got to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's, let's hope they don't need to use what you're painstakingly preparing for them. So. Well, nothing is there that I worked on anymore. Thank goodness. Yeah. It's been long enough. Well, I'm sure it would have worked flawlessly had it ever needed to work. Hopefully, <laughs> so. it, hopefully it never did. But um, I remember one time when I was this, I was living in California briefly, and we were kind of near the Miramar Air Force Base, which or Navy Base, which is where they actually filmed a lot of the original Top Gun. But uh, we were at one time sitting in a, uh, our apartment had a hot tub, and we were sitting in it, and all of a sudden a parachute came flying by because someone had to deploy. Isn't that something? Uh, F-14 that, yeah. that uh, didn't make it. So, uh, and it, they were fine. So, yeah. once in a while, yep. there they do come when into that play. Happen- so, right. When that happens, the pilot usually comes bringing you a case of beer. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet, <laughs> I bet, exactly, exactly. So, all right, well, I will get off the, the little geek parade here about, because I've always I've always thought they were interesting. It's it's incredible. And yeah. I know, my, and like my fiance has always wished that she had an injection, injection seat for me, that she could pop a button and it'd be done you know be done she probably she probably wouldn't just want need a, a little parachute. break yeah, just go would, on she wouldn't want a parachute attached to it but the idea that it would hurl me hundreds of feet up in the air i think would would find it uh she would find that endless, endlessly entertaining so anyway okay enough of the ejection seats so you are you've kind of gone from ejection seats to sort of a pr position that's right with this with the squadron yeah and yep. so so tell us a little bit about that because I, I now start to see it dovetailing into kind of uh, the marketing yeah. trajectory. Yeah, so I think a little bit why I was chosen for that is at the time I was running a photography business. Um, started out with Le Corsier Photography, which later became Duluth Studio Company Photography Videography. So that was a little bit why they chose me because um, media relations is a lot of imagery, of course. Right. Um, and knowing how to engage well on camera. So that was a really interesting aspect of my career. Um, it pushed me to all different levels. It was um, really an amazing and honoring experience to work with the leaders of the 148th Fighter Wing because as as the media operations officer, as the PA officer, you are working directly with the wing commander and the different co- commanders to make sure you're speaking their mission and their voice and right. um, having those facts very, very clear because you have to communicate to the community right. um, and sometimes even bigger. So yeah, yeah, it was a really rewarding time of my career there. Um, I was full time for a short period of time filling in in some positions, but um, that really brought in that marketing side really taught me a lot and how to engage the community and um, bring everyone together on the same topic. Yeah, that's a real skill. 
Like if you see anyone in that kind of PR spokesperson, media relations job, I'm always amazed at, at uh, how, how hard that job must be and they make it seem so easy. But you got to have all your facts with you, yeah. uh, especially if you're in a situation where you're going to be getting questions. And the stuff that you're talking about is really, really important stuff, right? These are life or death matters. And so uh, that's, that's an amazing skill set to acquire, but definitely a skill set. But at the time you went into that, you already had a photography business. That's right. And, and what was the focus of that photography business? At the time, I started out uh, doing weddings, a uh, little bit of everything, families, and then slowly started morphing out of that um, and running the backside of the business. I hired wedding associate photographers, so they would do the shooting and I would do the business side of the operation, booking the clients, scheduling, editing, delivery, um, all of that. And it just, uh, at that time, it became a really busy and stressful time in my life with the military. I was still in the military. Right. I had two wow. young kids at home. It was just very busy. Holy so cow. I started thinking, hey, I would not like to work the weekends anymore or the evenings um, doing family shoots and things like that and started looking more into brand photography so usually when somebody contacts you they want to get it done on business days business hours right. so that really appealed to me and I wanted to be able to do the job while my kids were in school or... well, that's that's really interesting I would never have thought of that so you went sort of from uh, special events wedding photographer and intentionally did that so you could work more during the week work yeah week. That's yeah. really that's yeah. kind of ingenious. So, so, <laughs> so, so you're you've kind of made this switch. So now you're doing brand photography, and we're talking about. I'm always amazed that you're doing this while you're still have your media relations job with the uh, Air National Guard and your mom, yeah. which a mom alone is kind of a full time job. It so, sure is. <laughs> so you're juggling all these things, and you're switching your your focus of your company. So once you switched it over to brand, so what were you doing with brand photography? We were working a lot um, with probably more so marketing companies. So um, local companies in Duluth would contact us to take imagery for a company that they're working with, whether that be for social media, for their website, fresh headshots, um, on location photos, product photos. Um, every job was really different and it was really fun to get to know those companies and get really close. And it was it was a cool way to get immersed in the community right. again. And when you're doing a brand so you're 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 doing a photo shoot, but obviously you're trying to you're trying to tell a story. Yeah, in that their photo story, shoot. right? Their story. And so, how were you able to go about? I guess I guess part of being in media relations is that's what you're doing. You're telling stories um, and and uh, explaining things. And so, how were you able to do that? Because you're you're doing a photo shoot, but you have to tell this this story in several photos, yeah. as opposed to you know yep. a, a thirty minute segment like a podcast or something where you have. <laughs> <laughs> where you have all day to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, you really, I, I would consider myself a very adaptable creative uh, as a photographer and videographer. Um, when clients, especially the marketing agencies, would tell me their vision, I, I would be able to adapt with that. And that really came from, I think, the years of as a wedding photographer, you're working in all sorts of different environments, outside, inside, right. dark, small, big church, small church. So it really just, it it allowed me to adapt really well and to um, fit into that mold of what they were looking for in terms of style and story. That's pretty cool. It so, was. It was fun. So you've still got is. so, and and you're still 
still doing that. I'm still doing that. Not right. as much anymore. COVID really um, turned the shift. So that's that's probably right. the and last gonna, part of my story here. Yeah, that's, that's a great segue because we do have to take a break and hear from our sponsor, Lake Superior Medical Equipment. We're going to take a quick break and then we are going to talk about COVID and then we're going to talk about uh, Duluth Studio Market and how you went into that. So I'm sorry we've jumped around a little bit, but it's 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 been really fun. So Sounds like my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mine too. So, all right. We will take a short break and be right back with Stacy LaCourcier. Very good. All you right. got it, Tom. All right. We'll be right back. Hi, Tom. What are you doing? I'm on hold on the phone trying to talk with someone in customer service. So far, I've just been talking to machines. Oh, hang on, Yvonne. Uh, customer service, please. No, I don't want to listen to the menu again. I just... Custo- customer service, please. I No, I just want to talk to a human being. No, a human being. Oh, never mind, Yvonne. I just got disconnected. You know, Tom, there is still one company that thinks it's important for you to talk to a human being when you call for service. Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Really? You mean I won't have to talk to machines? No, their phones are answered by real people who know about the products and services they offer. So I can get answers to my questions right away? Yes, and from knowledgeable and friendly customer service representatives who are committed to answer your questions and promptly get you the right medical equipment and supplies you need. Yeah, but are these customer service representatives just scattered all over the country? No, Tom. Lake Superior Medical Equipment's customer service staff actually work at their locations in Duluth and Cloquet. So they live and work right here in our community? Yes. In fact, Lake Superior Medical Equipment is the only locally owned and independent medical equipment provider in our region. Okay, you've convinced me, Yvonne. When I need medical equipment and supplies, I'm calling Lake Superior Medical Equipment. And you'll be glad you did. Lake Superior Medical Equipment, the area's only locally owned and independent home medical equipment and supply company staffed by real people who really care. Visit us on our website at lsmedequip.com. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at For the Love of Duluth Podcast and Lake Superior Medical Equipment. We are back with Stacy LaCourcier and she is the owner and founder of Duluth Studio Market and as we've learned in our first uh, segment before the break, uh, she does a lot of other things too. Uh, uh, but Stacy, we were just getting up to the point where um, we were talking about everything you were doing, including being a mom, including switching your photography business from uh, weddings and events to more branding so that you could work less on the weekends and more during the work week. Uh, at this point, you're still um, uh, also doing your media relations job with Air National Guard. So we're kind of getting up in time through uh, through what, maybe 2019? 2018, 2019? Yeah, yeah. I I think it was 2019 that I retired from the Guard. Oh, okay. I I medically retired. Oh, okay. Well, um, congratulations. I always congratulate anyone for any kind of retirement. So (laughs) it still remains a dream of mine to do that someday. But, uh, and by the way, how old are your your children? Uh, Currently, they're 10 and 12. Okay. Fun fun ages. Fun ages. Very. (laughs) Boys, girls? Girls. Two girls. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, and my first son, he's six 
going on one every day. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, those are those are uh, those are fun ages, um, but they're busy ages. Holy Very. cow! They're busy ages. So we're now you've retired from uh, the Air National Guard, and now kind of COVID hits. And so, yeah. what impact did COVID have on your business? Well, it's um it's an interesting story. So January, maybe December of 2019, we signed a new lease in Lakeside, our current building for the photography studio. And uh, we were talking about having the front half be a little retail shop, maker space, selling local art. We weren't quite sure at the time and, you know, we just weren't sure. It was always kind of a weird pipe dream, kind of an exit strategy to get out of the photography business um, when we wanted to. And then COVID hit. And um, so I, I remember that week very vividly. It was, I, I worked with a lot of marketing agencies, realtors, and that whole week was call after call after call. Stacy, I'm so sorry. Can we please cancel our contract or can we please put a hold on our contract until this whole thing blows over? And so I had just signed a contract. I think that week prior, my husband and I had completely gutted the place, tore up the wow. floors, you know, red walls and gray walls. We were just trying to clean it up and freshen up the space. And um, so that that was a very pivotal time and stressful time trying to wow. figure out what to do. Holy cow. All right. Because we, and you know, we talked to a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast and, and uh, everyone has different stories about how uh, COVID affected their business. And um, we've had a few that were in a very, very vulnerable situation, kind of like yours, just sort of starting up just acquired a building something like that um just opened their doors at their new restaurant their brewery yeah. and and covid hit us and here you are just with new space just with all that money sunk in and just left recently left your other job yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and your other source of income <laughs> and now you've got um you're you've got all these clients canceling because yeah. as we all know it, it's becoming more of a distant memory but the world kind of shut down the world just kind of shut down except for certain sectors but if you were in any kind of business that was based on other other businesses hiring you it just kind of ended yeah there was yeah. so much fear there was just people who actually had to close their business were ordered to close their business because they weren't essential so you went through this how the heck did you survive this there was a lot of soul searching uh I bet. yeah <laughs> um i remember i had a business coach at the time and I remember just being in tears with her. What should I do? I don't know what to do. Where where do I go with this? Um, but I I remember I talked to my landlord at the time, and he just a sweet sweet guy. He was very willing. You know, you put the place back together, which it was completely gutted, and you know, you put the place back together, you can get out of your lease. And, and I was kind of like, no, I don't want to do that. Good for yeah, you. Yeah. Good for you. I I, I I'm very um, do first, think last. I Yes. <laughs> sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Right, right. But um, that was the point that we went running with the maker's space and decided to go all in with it because at the time we didn't have the photography clients and didn't know when that part was going to come back. So we're like, well, let's just try it out for a year, um, go with our lease and see how it goes. And it ended up being the most amazing thing. Here we are almost three years later. So when you say maker's space, you, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, we 
at the time we were doing a lot of soul searching, putting together the business plan, um, the mission and vision, and we knew shopping local was a huge thing for Duluth. Right. It's it's absolutely insane. If you've never been to Duluth or a community like Duluth where shopping local is such a big thing, you gotta go somewhere and do it because Duluth is one of the biggest shop local supporters you will ever find. Absolutely. Um, so we, I knew a lot of makers. Um, my best friend at the time, she was a huge maker. And after we decided to do it, I gave her a call and I said, hey, guess what we're doing? Do you want to do it? And do you want to do you want to come join us and um, join this journey? And so that's that's where we took off. We, we decided to do it. Um, we had six months to put the space back together because of shutdowns for retail. Um, so that really gave us uh, the time to curate our vision and mission and decide where we really wanted to take it. Very cool. So it's make earth space, not make your space. It's maker space. space. It's space, yes. space for makers. Yes, space yes. Space for makers. Local okay. makers. Okay, cool. I thought it was, I thought you were saying, well, we're just going to make make your space like we have this space. Let's make it what we want. But it's a maker, maker space. Maker okay. space. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are here now and we're, we've finally gotten up to the point now where you've got Duluth Studio Market. So you're kind of emerging. You opened your doors when? We officially opened our doors July of 2020, the middle of July. July. So, I mean, COVID was hot and heavy and you, but you went ahead and you opened this. Yeah, fully masked. Yeah, wow, (laughs) wow. And so tell us about the whole theme of your space and what people see when they, they go in there. Yeah, so when we were putting together the plan for the space. Um, again, sadly, COVID really helped build that vision because that was during the time that you couldn't find toilet paper on the shelves and you couldn't find the items you were looking for and your local stores were shut down. You couldn't right. find those really great gifts. And so I, I've always been a strong believer and you should know where what you're buying is coming from and you should feel good about that purchase and um it's not always possible you don't you just really don't always know where the item you are buying is coming like from toilet paper for instance exactly. i've got no clue yeah i've got yeah. no clue <laughs> what I, happened yeah then? yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so that really but, helped curate i i said we don't want to have that problem we want everything to feel really good about what you're buying so we decided to focus on goods that matter we call it now purposeful goods so so that would pertain to local makers, fair trade, sustainable or charitable companies. And that really helped narrow down how we stocked the store and that vibe that we gave off in just a really calm, curated, feel good environment. You, you really just feel a sense of, I guess you're making a difference a little bit. You know, everybody right, has a part right. to play in it. So how did you go about marketing this business? Yeah, that was, um, we started out, I mean, through COVID, that was the interesting thing is we started just sharing our story on Instagram for the most part, Instagram and Facebook, Um, just behind the scenes. Do you want this wallpaper? Or what do you think about this wallpaper? We've had a really rough day. Um, And I look back at those pictures and those were some rough days. I was homeschooling my kids. I took them out of school during that time because schools were shut down and then going to the store and um, doing some more renovating and ordering. Um, 
so we were just telling our story as we went because everyone had a unique unique story at that time we everyone still does of course but yeah instagram was just blowing up during that time yeah very cool very cool so and of course you you knew how to tell stories right that's that's a huge advantage you had right you knew how to tell your story yeah it was a little bit different i was used to the formal side and getting more personal and vulnerable was a little bit hard for me at first right um yeah we we eventually found our groove somewhat Mm -hmm. so how did the how did the business build then i assume it was um people weren't flooding the store at least initially because first of all a lot of people weren't yeah going outdoors period so how did this how did it build yeah well we made it a huge priority um, from the very beginning to get our products listed online because curbside pickup all of that was still very strong um so we we really pushed hard and got all of our products listed online pushed the online orders um using using the social media platforms media engagement i use my media background so anytime we had an event or um a story or anniversary just you know those little things open door, soft opening, we held events, um, every little thing. We engaged the media and the local community. And it, it really worked. Um, I remember that first time somebody came walking in. Hey, how are you doing? Where are you from? You know, what brought you here? Oh, I'm from the Twin Cities. I've never been here, but I've been following your story since the beginning. Wow. And it just, you know, it was so amazing to feel that connection. Like somebody uh, three hours away has been supporting us and that's really cool. following our story. And yeah. now they made the trip and they're here and they're in the store. I assume hopefully buying things. This thought of yours about having a, a store that focused on local makers, I assume that thought predated COVID, right? This was going to be your idea. What, what, That's right. And I know you yeah. mentioned that Duluth has a really strong buy local idea and it's a source local too. The restaurants are all like that as yeah. well. But what drove you to that decision that that's what you wanted to focus on? It was part of that mission, um, especially as a local store we're asking people to support local and buy, you know, from our right. store. So that in hand goes to supporting local makers. Um, right. All Every dollar, no matter how you spend it, if you spend it locally, it goes into the community somehow in some shape or form. So we really tried to run with that and tr- try to find as many local makers, which at the time through COVID was incredibly easy. And right, a lot of right, people right. had time on their hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has that, is it become more difficult now that, that people have different... Um, more sources where they can uh, sell their goods? Yeah, so that's, um, every year is different. Um, Since that first year in 2020, we're finding more and more. uh, The markets, the fairs, the shows are all starting to open back up. Um, Breweries are having shows and um, outdoor markets and that type of thing. So we're finding more and more trying to find those local makers is getting harder and harder because they they need to hold that inventory for those shows specifically. They're building up the inventory for the shows that were canceled for almost two to three years, right, some of them. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, finding local sometimes is not as easy as it looks. Well, I bet, I bet. But I imagine it's also part of the fun because you're constantly looking for new makers. Yeah. Yeah, and um, not just, you know, it. we also wanted to fit into the environment that we've created. So um, Duluth has, you know, some stores that have a very cabin-y vibe or a very um, rustic vibe. And we've kind of gone with a clean Scandinavian semi-eclectic vibe. And that's where what we also try to fit that curates that vision. Cool, cool. So, and so you know, originally you were doing so much on social media. Is, are, is that still sort of the 
focus of your marketing? We do. We're um, posting almost daily sometimes. Um, we try to really keep it up to date because we're not only um, showing products that we have in the store, but we're also still have that audience that has been there with us for the beginning. And so we can't turn that off. No, <laughs> no, no. And I'm assuming you're still you're still really enjoying it and glad you, you went through all those uh, tough, nerve-wracking moments yeah. to kind of get where you are now. Yeah, it's been very, um, remember when I said we wanted the store to be just the front half of the space? Well, it was probably just about a year in where the, the store took up the entire space. So I don't really have a full studio, a photo studio anymore. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's interesting because I'm okay with that. It's really, the store has really become my enjoyment and what I do. And I still have those brand photography clients that I work with, but um, I, I now have um, this part that really ignites a passion in me and the team that we have. So you're still doing some brand photography, yeah, yeah. but you don't have much of a studio. Left. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how the whole thing has shifted. So now it, is your uh, is your husband involved in the business at all? A little bit. He's a uh, he's the glorified handyman. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> That's good. That's yep. put him to work where he's useful. He's and... very good at building things and uh, maintenance and things like that and you know of course a great ear that can listen to me and the crazy ideas that I come up with yeah well I'm, it, it doesn't sound like there's been a whole lot of crazy ones but maybe we haven't maybe we haven't talked enough about the crazy ones that, di that didn't work but the ones that have worked it's really exciting to hear and it's just it's it's a fascinating story and it's you know I, I think uh, with all entrepreneurs it takes a lot of courage right it takes a lot of courage to be an entrepreneur because you know you're going out there without a net right you don't have that right. net you're putting all your eggs in this basket and if it doesn't work uh, you don't know what your next basket is going to be and you found that out uh, especially um, during a very tough time because of COVID which made being an entrepreneur uh, even riskier than it, it, it yeah. was before so but you've you've uh, persevered and it sounds like it's uh, it's wonderfully successful I, I want to make sure that people who listen to the podcast know where you're store is and I know it's in Lakeside which by the way is really coming into its own yeah so yeah. so where are you in Lakeside uh, we are on 45th Avenue East so there's kind of three different sectors of Duluth I mean there's multiple but you got your west side of Duluth right. downtown and then if you keep driving you're gonna be in East Duluth up to 45th so if you're going up the shore it's a easy just jaunt off the road there uh, London Road is it so it's and then you're suddenly in Lakeside you have we're super excited it's just expanding and growing um, in a really calming peaceful way right right <laughs> it's right. not chaotic yeah. you have your coffee shop um, Lake Superior Brewing just opened up yeah which is really fun and yes you can get right on the bike trail there so for anyone who's coming up to visit um, it's it's a really fun place to visit so uh, people love to go to Lincoln Park they love to go to Canal Park um, downtown but uh, make sure you stop in in lakeside because mm -hmm. it's a really kind of up and coming neck of the woods for for duluth yep. and uh your store certainly uh helps with that along with the other uh people that have
have um, have opened new businesses there. So so uh, it's it's really been great to learn about this business and great to have you on. You've been such a good sport. Uh, we are uh, for the Love of Duluth podcast. So we always like to know when people aren't doing what they're on the podcast for. We like to know. Uh, Yvonne just kicked me, so I'm not sure what that means. So that's something. So when you you were here, you can you can be if I need any witnesses. You're, you're here. So uh, no, we like to find out what you like to do in Duluth. We're we love Duluth. That's why we we do this podcast. What do you like to do in Duluth when you're not yeah. focusing on your business? Yeah. Well, we love Duluth for the great outdoors that it is. Yeah. Um, we're we're huge water people. Uh, most weekends we're either camping or on the boat. Island Lake, Fish Lake, Lake Superior. That's where we're at. Um, one of my favorite things about Duluth, you know, as a mom of teen kids with a lot of time driving, right, and then time to kill while you're waiting for those kids is everywhere you're at there's a hiking trail exactly it's amazing yep so just yeah if you're not familiar with Duluth it's really easy just to look on that map and explore the spot right where you're at exactly and and uh, it's amazing you can go on these trails and you're right in the city but a lot of the time you can be in these trails you're not seeing anyone else it's just because there's so many of them there's just so many trails and yeah and until you go and you visit somewhere else where every hiking trail you're on there's just people going you're running into people all the time it, it just doesn't happen in Duluth yeah. it's really cool and even in the winter I mean right. to, to go to the lakes in the winter is the most amazing experience to get out there on the icebergs and <laughs> right right <laughs> see the fishers out there it's just incredible so that's that's our favorite thing is the great outdoors of Duluth well cool yeah, I, I can't imagine being in Duluth and not liking the great outdoors. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, listen, you've been a fabulous guest. I, Yvonne, did you, you have you any other me. questions sometime? Maybe that's, I, I have to check on why she kicked me. So it might have been because she had questions. But I also want to make sure we get the your website so you can yeah, um, yes. mention your website because I've, I've been on your website. It's a very easy site to navigate. So. I hope so. Thanks yes. for that. Yes. <laughs> so if you go to DuluthMarket.com. You can find us. Um, we try to stay up and having all of our products out there. We have a whole local maker section um, when we get those listed online. And then on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Duluth Market is our handle. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And apparently Vaughn just kicked me for the heck of it. Uh, she, she didn't have a question. So I think with that, we're going to wrap up, Stacy. It has just been a joy and a lot of fun. And we really, yeah, really you. appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of For the Love of Duluth. Don't forget to like us on Facebook where we tease upcoming guests, have fun giveaways, and remind you when new episodes drop. And of course, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Just search for For the Love of Duluth. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for our next episode of For the Love of Duluth.